Smart Fist Podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. This is episode 2N. N is for Nemiroff Vodka. Nemiroff is the official vodka of the UFC, and it's fucking impossible to find. <laughs> I think there's three bottles of it somewhere in New Jersey. <laughs> Anna's favorite drink is vodka, and during every UFC event that Nemiroff sponsors, which is a lot of them, if not the majority of them, she's tortured at every single commercial break by a desire which cannot be fulfilled. <laughs> I tried to get her a bottle for Christmas and failed miserably. But holding hands and throwing fists is not brought to you by Nemiroff. It's brought to you by Bourbon Hunter NYC at Bourbon Hunter NYC on Instagram. Bourbon Hunter is a bourbon-inspired lifestyle brand curated by our boy from Queens, Bourbon Bob, the father of my godson. <laughs> Follow them if you're interested in the taste of economics behind bourbon available in New York City. Excellent, babe. That was a promo read. That was super excellent. And What's I, not excellent is that I haven't tasted that vodka yet, so I kind of, I feel almost insulted that we allowed Nemiroff to have two N. Well, the people need to know so that when they watch on ESPN or wherever the fuck they watch their UFC fights, that they feel your pain. Well, I think it should stand for no Nemiroff. Okay, so we're, that's what, it's two N's. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. Speaking of two... The past two weeks have been slow. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were like gung freaking ho, and then that one week had three fights, and then it was a two weekends. Then yeah. there were all the, the fights. Okay, there was That's nothing fair. after, and you don't need to hear from us. So here we are. We back. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are fights this weekend, but the thing is that I realized the other day was that there's no like promotional calendar, right? So like the UFC has. Everything, for the most part, planned out for a year, right? Like, what events they're going to have. And then quarterly, I think, they kind of solidify, like, who's actually going to fight, what the matchups are supposed to be. Of course, like, if someone gets injured, those change. But they have an idea. But now they don't. And, like, they're putting together whatever they can a couple weeks out. So here we are. There's a weak card on Saturday. But... I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's the weakest card, it's more concerning to me that next week's card is a pay-per-view and there is one fight on the main card. That's more concerning to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, so ESPN and the UFC want you to pay $70, but there's, like, maybe one fight of interest next week. That makes no sense. Why would they do that? Anyway, let's focus on this week, shall we? Yeah. Well, well a little bit of both. Let's, let's focus on this week, but also look back at that week of three fights. Okay, cool. So let's get to the top five of the week. Let's do it. So as previously mentioned on the Holding Hands of Throwing Fist uh, podcast, the UFC put on three events in one week, in the second week of May. On the Wednesday night show, which is pretty cool to have live fights on Wednesday, Anthony Smith got completely dominated by Glover Teixeira in their light heavyweight matchup. And Teixeira had Anthony Smith in basically in check position in the third round, right? So everyone, the both fighters, the referee, the judges, the commentators, all the spectators who were actually watching live, and it's verified because I was on MMA Twitter watching literally dozens and dozens of people <laughs> saying, stop the fight in the third round, that there was as close to a zero chance of Anthony Smith winning as possible. But the fight was not stopped until the fifth round. Because basically the rules are, as long as you're intelligently defending yourself, the ref can't stop the fight. And then the doctor can only stop the fight in between rounds or if there's something that looks really bad, like a, a fracture or, or a cut or something. 
So then that only leaves the fighter's corner as a way to stop the fight, to throw in the towel. And that became the super controversial topic coming out of that night. Do you... Super controversial. Super controversial. Do you throw the towel in? And what happens when you don't? Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. I mean, watching the fight, we were... I, I think I even stopped watching it. I think I started covering my eyes. You haven't done that in a long time. No. Just because you, then you feel so bad if you remember I wanted Lionheart to win. So then I felt so sad that he was, like, getting his butt kicked but still coming back for more. And then he was saying these things in his corner that, like, sort of indicated that maybe he wanted a way out. Like, he said his teeth were were falling out. Um, oh, yeah, you called that first. Which is, like, not really a big deal because he has veneers, so it's, like, potato, potato. But um, other people took that to mean, like, he wants a way out. And I was, like... With George, we were like, corners need to throw in the towel more. You've heard us talk about this. This was pitiful. I like um, two of, or actually no two of Anthony Smith's coaches. We're like, someone needs to throw in the towel. Like, I was super in it. And then (laughs) I listened to Anthony Smith on Ariel's show, and that was the only interview I believe he did after this whole throw in the towel gate. And... He sort of convinced me that what went down was not as criminal as anyone else would make it out to be. So you're telling me people are, are overreact on social media. That was a huge part of his <laughs> his shtick. Shtick. That's shocking. It's not. <laughs> because the commentators made it seem worse, and then therefore the audience, who are not fighters, myself included, we feed off of that, and it does seem more outrageous. And actually, we were supposed to rewatch that fight before we recorded this, and I only remembered now. Well, let's rewatch it. We're going to rewatch we'll it. We'll talk about it. Or we'll get back to this. I think it's touchy, <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's fucked up, but um, you can't... You can't listen to a fighter, especially a fighter named Lionheart. Like, th- these guys w- will literally die in there if you give them the option. They're different than you and me and everyone listening to this freaking Precisely podcast. his point, which is why it looked like he was being beaten to death from us. But to him, it was just, ugh, it's like a crappy fight, man. I know, but I think we, like... This is what I was thinking after we had our disagreement because we had it out in the car when we were driving when she was defending him and I was like, "This." Is he wouldn't even listen to me. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if, if you would stop mansplaining for one second, okay. Uh, I think the thing is that the sport is still super young and like nobody's changing baseball, right? Baseball already has like a hundred plus years. Nobody's changing basketball. It's been around long enough. They've already had their Michael Jordan, right? Like multiple times over. You could change MMA, and fans of MMA are, like, super invested in it, and we need to change it for the better. So I think we need to stop the stigma of throwing in the towel, and there also needs to be another, there needs to be another pressure valve or failsafe to be able to stop fights in there, because it just should have been stopped. Even if he took it like a champ or whatever, and he's, his nickname is Lionheart, there's no reason why he should take that long-term damage. Okay, that's fair about throwing in the towel, but Anthony Smith's other point um, Ish was and Jason Herzog, the ref who didn't stop the fight sooner. The the point is like technically they did follow the rules. He was 
intelligent when he was defending himself. There wasn't this, like, rain of punches or attack from Teixeira that there was ever that moment for, for Herzog to jump in. So it's bigger than the th- corner throwing in the towel. Okay. So I think we're going to have to throw fists on this. I think we're going to have to throw fists on this. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Number two in top five of this week is finally fights are back. So we have something uh, real to talk about. Like George mentioned earlier, I feel like most of these fights were not in the works last week. Now they are in the works and they should happen on Saturday. But there are still fighters moving in and out of um, potentially fighting. Kind of ridiculous. It was supposed to be in Florida. Now it's in Vegas. <laughs> I, I don't know. Woodley um, is fighting Gilbert Burns. And, like, there were at least three other people that Woodley should be fighting, specifically starting with Leon Edwards. Um, I don't know. I, I hate this as a, a main event. I just, to me, it makes no sense. Riddle me this. Do you or do you not have a crush on Leon Edwards? Oh, no, no, I don't. He's English. Okay. <laughs> um, so this fight card, UFC Fight Night, starts at 6 on ESPN. Um, George would love to tell you about Woodley's walkout song, which she made me listen to. And I'm going to make all of you listen to right now. <laughs> That's right. I'll beat your ass. I don't know how I feel about a fighter coming out to his own song. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> MMA Twitter roasts him constantly for the song and for his freestyles. This song's not as bad because you're in the studio or whatever, but his freestyles are, uh, let's just say he, uh, he hasn't spent nearly as much time on rapping as he has on fighting. <laughs> Uh, despite all that, we want him to win. Um, you want to just give a little background for Gilbert Burns? Yeah, so Gilbert Burns, TKO Damian Maya, and he beat Gunnar Nelson. Uh, Which actually makes me hate him more, because I love both of them. Yeah, fuck you, Gilbert Burns. Exactly, yeah. So I just want to make sure Raymond knows that he's known for that. Oh, definitely known for that. Cool. Um, also on the card is Mackenzie Dern. I hate her. <laughs> um, she She should be kicked out of the UFC. Why? Because the- she has a fake Brazilian accent? Well, I always forget about that. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Okay, let me let me interject real fast. Uh, can you? Oh, didn't you? You make you make me listen to a lot of shit, don't you? Um, you have found that video where we could compare her accent. Okay, so let me. I'll just put it in right here. Um, I'm a blue belt underneath my dad, Megaton Diaz, and um, my background's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. My dad's reaction when I wanted to go into MMA was, um, you're too pretty. <laughs> I don't want to see my daughter getting hit. Like, that's crazy. Is she Ross from Friends in the fucking, with his little accent that he tries to phase out, <laughs> but instead she's trying to phase in an accent? Yeah, so her dad is like a legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And she grew up around that accent, but she grew up in America. <laughs> but then at some point in her life, she decided to become more Brazilian and embrace her Brazilian side. And I'm going to I'm gonna get an Irish accent. I don't know, That's it. Sometimes That's it. my New York accent gets thicker than other times, depending on where I'm at. But uh, 
Maybe not as bad. Maybe not. That's not even why I hate her, actually. I think that's just, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Um, I hate her because she fucking misses, she misses weight all the time. Wasn't the last time, like, freaking seven pounds? Yeah, but I think she, and then, yes, but then I think the one time that she made weight with no problems was when she fought, like, two months after she gave birth. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) like, that's wild, whatever. The one time that people don't criticize her for missing weight, people are criticizing her for leaving her newborn (laughs) to go fight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like you. So, I, there are two things I'm more excited about for, uh, UFC fight night. One, there's a flyweight fight, so I always think that's good. It means the flyweight division is still around, and they're trying to put something behind it. Um, one of the guys fighting is Brandon Royval, and it's his UFC debut, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that fight. The other is Brock Weaver. He's on that card. Remember he won um, Dana White's Contender Series? Brockalock. You don't know who no. I'm talking about. He, um... He's from Alabama, but he's part of a Native American tribe there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he already had his first fight, but the mofo he was fighting need him when he was down, so he won, but it was like yeah. such like an anticlimactic thing. He was losing, I think, that fight too. I think he was losing. I don't know. I don't remember time. actually. But so there we go. Watch watch fights this Saturday. Let's go, Brock. All right, cool. Um, number three in our top five of the week is Conor McGregor. So he's coming out on Twitter and he's starting a uh, shitstorm. And for the first time, I don't really mind in a while because honestly, like with there not being fights and just things aren't usual, he's actually really keeping MMA relevant mm-hmm. by starting this weird goat fighter of all time, like greatest of all time fighter conversation on Twitter. And he put himself number two behind number uh, behind Anderson Silva being number one. So his wow. list was number one Anderson, number two Connor, number three GSP, which is funny that he ranks himself above GSP, and number four John Jones. Interesting. So everyone up and down, left and right, uh, from fucking... See, Habib didn't make that yeah, list. For sure. <laughs> so many people were like, blah, blah, but really it's the first time in a while that I saw it. I'm like, oh wow, he's very clearly just trying to keep things relevant. And, I didn't um, think about it like that. Yeah, I mean, because it was the first time that I was so far removed from it. And it's also so silly. There's no way that in the real GOAT conversation of, like, what you've accomplished as a fighter that he's up there. But I will say that his coach, who uh, I don't even know if I'm a fan of anymore. We're not going down that rabbit Eek. hole. I think I, I am. I, I love Coach Kavanaugh, but whatever. Uh, his coach came out and said, no matter what, he he is the number one pound-for-pound pound prize fighter mm. of all time, which means well, the person who came money. in and got the most yeah. money and the and did the most for the sport in terms of numbers. So I think he's got a point about That's that. That's fair. Um, yeah, this is the Connor I'd like to see, just, like, starting discussions. And also, he's he's been donating, like a shit ton of stuff to hospitals and other locations in Ireland throughout this, like, COVID crisis. So, like, that's the Connor we like to see. And he's not even promoting himself for making those donations. Yeah, it's like... That's, like, real Connor. Other people are posting pictures of him on Twitter gonna go see, like, first responders and stuff, but he's not posting it really, you know. Um, Go to number four and get, get this done quickly. Okay, so there's big talks back and forth about John Jones moving up to heavyweight to fight Francis Ngannou. Uh, Fran- oh, get, I'll give you 
Five dollars if you can guess who I'm rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Not John Jones. Um, so no, but actually Francis too. Yeah, Sorry, Francis is a good guy. Francis, in case you don't know who Francis Ngannou is, Francis is probably the most terrifying person in all of the UFC. He was on the Hot Boxing podcast with Mike Tyson, and he has an amazing story about how he started off. Uh, he's from Africa. He basically he worked digging in sand mines in Africa. Emigrated to France on a raft, wanted to start boxing, but got convinced by people to do MMA. He didn't even know what it was. He just knew it was some sort of boxing. And he did it because he was paid $2,000 for a fight. I did not know that. And he, like, $2,000 was basically rich. That's more money than he ever could have imagined ever having. Since then, he went to the UFC, was super scary, went on a tear, beat everybody, was undefeated, but then lost to Stipe Miocic, who used wrestling against him. Francis had that big hole in his game because he did not know wrestling, never needed to use wrestling, and Stipe exposed that. Since then, it's been a few years already, he's been working at least on his takedown defense, and he is terrifying. So the fact that... John Jones may or may not fight him is insane, and I think everybody wants to see that fight, but it looks like it's going to be one of those things that never happens. Yeah, I would like to see it. I just also want to shout out Francis, because this is not, like, something he's been working on for years. I would say this is something he's been working on the past year. His English has gotten so much better. Before, it wasn't even just the broken English. It was, like, speaking in public, which is incredibly yeah. difficult, and yeah. interviewing and, and making your ideas clear. He sounds so, so good. I would love him to fight John Jones and knock him out. I would also like to see the rematch with Stipe, and I love Stipe, but I think he deserves that, too. Yeah, Stipe Miocic right now, uh, for all our listeners who don't really know what's going on with him, he's a uh, firefighter in Ohio, and there's, like, possible talk of stripping him of Fucking the, Dana is a real piece of, of the heavyweight championship <laughs> during a worldwide pandemic. He's busy <laughs> saving lives during a pandemic. And Dana's like, yeah, we might, like, take his belt away. Oh because he won't fight. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Anyway. Anyway. Right. Hit me up with number five. Babe, I think you want to hit me up with number five. George has been going on and on about, like, did you see this on social media? Did you see this? Did you see this? We all know I didn't see anything. So for this little brief number five, he's going to show me a couple of things he wanted to show me, but he didn't show me until we're live on air. Wow, how lucky are you guys to hear my honest reaction? (laughs) All right, so this is a program that I signed up for, uh, Audio Meme. I'm sure this is going to work out really well. For $1,200, we'll come to your house just as COVID-19 response team and take you to a 14-day Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu open mat and return you. That's not real. No. Oh, my God. But it's... But... You Jiu-Jitsu people are pathetic. Yeah. Our memes are even worse. Yeah. That's not funny. Uh, Max Holloway is... He's basically... We've talked about him before. We're big fans of his. his he's really funny. Hiker Holloway, where he goes out. I'm uh, so nervous for this. <laughs> he posted this picture of him. He always looks the same, right? He always has, like, his hair is, like, the same. on point. He's he's pretty fashionable. He's a fashionable dude. He's definitely fashionable. His t-shirts <laughs> are, like, $200. Well, apparently, even uh, a champion in Hawaii can't get his hair cut during quarantine. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, so nervous. So he posted a picture of his hair, and it says, I'm upset. Oh, I like it. <laughs> 
I don't know who that person is, <laughs> but I like it. He has a mop on his head. It's just fucked up. That's a good head of hair. He should not be um, cutting it down so close. It's fucked up that the people who cut their hair the shortest have, like, the best hair. Yeah. It's and, true. Yeah, well, That's whatever. true. That looks good. Um, Something that... Okay. I saw this on Instagram, so I want to share it. But it apparently isn't made official yet. Kate, Wait, it is. Is it? It is. Okay, cool. So, Caitlin Chikugin, who we spoke about fighting Valentina Shevchenko a couple months ago, is fighting Shevchenko again. But it's not Valentina. It's her sister, Andania. Oh, shit! So I saw that and I saved it in the Instagram thing. But that's pretty cool, isn't it? Isn't it weird to fight two sisters within, like, three or four months of each other? I think that's shows you how amazing the Shevchenko sisters are and they're obviously one another's number one training partner so I don't know Caitlin I know uh, is it Antonia? Yeah I think is so. her name? We'll call it Antonia I know Antonia has less experience than Valentina but oof oof um, I wish you luck <laughs> two more things Two, oh my god. It'll be super quick. Do you want to hear what some coaches had to say about uh, them throwing in the towel? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, oh. I do. John Cavanaugh, Coach McGreg- uh, Conor McGregor's coach, rather, said, I don't talk about it directly with my fighters, but they have seen me throw the towel, and they constantly hear me talking about updating their software while keeping the hardware safe. I love that line. It's great. Yeah. That means work on your technique and don't damage your brains. Uh, <laughs> my boy, Frost Sahabi... George St. Pierre's coach, among many other coaches. One of George's man crushes. For sure. If I feel there is permanent damage taking place, not just damage, but permanent damage, I will stop a fight. I've only stopped one fight at the highest level, and it was actually a title fight. That's wild. What fight was that? Do you know? I don't know. I need to look it up. We should have looked it up. All right, cool. Next time. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Saif Saud, I don't know. I actually don't know who he coaches. Uh, but he said, stopping a fight is not even something I think is controversial. Once you know your athlete has no chance to win, what the fuck is the point? And I think that's like the most Wait, straightforward. Who, do you know who he coaches? Man, I, I, no, I don't off the top of my head, but I, he should. I know I should. I should. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> and then uh, here, we'll, we'll show you a video. I want to get your reaction to this real fast. Sheesh, you got a lot to show me. Well, it's, it's a new thing, you know? Another new segment while I'm picking... Picking this video out of my saved blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not a segment. It's part of the top five. I think that we're going to start doing a thing where we either hold hands or throw fists on certain topics. I think the one week I let George write the notes, he's rewriting the whole show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's how to defend an arm bar, arm bar posted by Rocky Balboa. <laughs> so, the guy on top has the guy on bottom in the arm bar. The guy on bottom rolls and stands up, walks to the camera, throws up the peace sign, turns around once, twice, and two and a half times into the cage, and then knocks him out. So, That's one way to do it. Yeah, maybe I'll repost it on Instagram. But it'll probably be like usual. I'll just... Uh, Say it and then forget. Yeah. Cool. And on that note, uh, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. This episode was brought to you by my old neighbor, Anne. Anne passed away last week, but she lived a long and awesome life. She always said that she believed that from the time you were born, the time that you would leave this earth was already written. 
and that you should enjoy life as much as you can in between those two points. She smoked her cigarettes and walked her dogs every day and was so much fun. She loved me and Anna very much and my family, and I just want to wish her safe travels, and I love you very much. 